and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, it's another episode of TV My Husband Hates. We hope that you have been having a fabulous week. What about you, Reagan? How's your week been? You know, it's been all right. I uh, made it to the gym. I, I had a goal of going to the gym five days a week this week, and I did it. I'm super sore today, <laughs> so I'm hobbling around like I'm 80. But it really helped because I had kids at home all week this week because their school was not in. So it helped me deal with uh, having the children and working and trying to balance all that this week. Yeah, you just need some time. You just need to get out by yourself and get hot and sweaty, and then you can just about manage uh, the day. Absolutely. How about you? How was um, your week? My week was good. I mean, I feel like somebody's fucking... It's time for TV, My Husband Hates, Weather Corner. But I feel like somebody (laughs) fucking switched off summer. Um, And we did that thing where when it was hot, we had the paddling pool out and then nobody's put it away. So now we've basically got a plastic pond (laughs) in our garden that nobody wants to touch. So that's nice. Um, But other than that, it was was great. It was a good week over here. Um, And in good news... We're gaining shows again. We are gaining shows. It's no more a two. Sh- it's no longer a two show week for us. So we definitely have more to say, which is fabulous, and more stories to do. I hope you guys all enjoyed the uh, multitude of Instagram stories. I know the latest ones just came out this morning. So sorry about I that. I want to say thank you to. I want to say thank you to all our Instagram followers that get involved in the stories because so many of you do, and I think you really love the like option the polling and I love doing it too I go back to my own personal account and come back and do them um but yeah thanks for getting involved with that guys we love that we're not just talking to an empty room absolutely I love seeing like the results of the polls they're they're like little pick-me-ups throughout the day like oh people are listening and I hope we're giving you a bit of reprieve of all the crazy shit that's going on as well like I hope that's where our podcast lies for you well, I hope so too, but also talking about the polls and it was to do with um, Million Dollar Listing LA, so we'll come back to it later. But I was really surprised that the polls really seem to favor James and David. I know, because I honestly, they're not my favorites at this point Me in neither. the show. I wondered if maybe it was because the majority of our audience, I think, is American and maybe they were falling for that kind of British charm, which maybe. by the way... Don't fucking fall for that shit. It's all bollocks. When I lived in America, I used it to my advantage and it worked a treat. But don't fall for it. We're all manipulating you. If we're British and we're living in the States, we are definitely manipulating you with our accents. Hands down. I will also say, though, as a... An American who lived in Britain, it does work the opposite way too. Like wherever you're at, if you have a different accent, it works in your favor. That's true. That's true. Anyway, at least something's working for them because they're annoying me. But we <laughs> will get on to Million Dollar Listing LA. But let's start right at the beginning um, with Below Deck Mediterranean. And it's another exciting week. Can I just say, just sorry to no, go ahead. not even let you get a fucking word in. Um, this Below Deck Mediterranean season has smashed in terms of ratings anything and everything that has come before it and apparently every single episode is gaining viewers so I don't know whether that's because there's just fuck all else to watch because right coronavirus the Cory what's it as we call it in our house um or whether people are really starting to come to the mothership of below deck I think people are starting to come to the mothership but I also think it's really exciting to see 
like an all-female leadership crew. And and they're fucking killing it. I will hands down, this this will be written in below deck history from me. Malia is the best bosun I have ever seen on any season of any of the below decks. 100%. Absolutely. I agree with you. She is killing it. And the one thing that we thought, oh, she might drop the ball on this one last week, which was this idea of overlooking Rob because he's really quiet. This week, it was almost like I was watching it. I was like, well, she's been listening to our podcast. I mean, obviously that doesn't work out because this was filmed a long time ago. Right. But last week we were saying we're worried that she's going to overlook Rob. He's going to get kind of disgruntled, a bit resentful. This week, she turns up, takes a minute to stop him to say, I know it's really easy for you to feel like overlooked, but just so that you know, I really appreciate everything you're doing. You're killing it. You're gives him that boost. And I just thought, fuck this. I don't think she can do anything wrong. No. And so I think like the excuse of being too busy to give praise is now out the window on either interior or exterior, because I think we have seen that it can happen. So now it needs to happen like across the board. All of 100%. You. I think Hannah needs to learn from Malia. If Hannah's smart, which she won't be because we love Hannah, but she's not one for learning. Um, <laughs> she would take a look at Malia and take on a lot of her management skills and management expertise, but she's, you know, she won't. And that's fine. Well, uh, and I, th- but- I think what's amazing is Malia hasn't been doing this for ages. Like she is no. new to this role. She is new to, fairly new to yachting. I think this is like her third season and she's fucking killing it. And it's and it's yeah. a lot of like common sense, empathy, and fucking great ass management skills. Yeah, she's she really is, and it's so refreshing to see this on TV. It's so refreshing to see, um, yes, an all female crew that's important, but also to see them not fucking up because that would be the easy narrative to tell, right? That right. they all start fighting and doing all of that. But Sandy's a badass. Marley is killing it. Hannah is Hannah, and you know they're just. But but even that is still, they're still doing better than any other boat I've seen, really. Well, they are working together in such brilliant ways. Because, like, we have seen boats being docked at the rain and how it's really hard on the interior. And we've seen the deck crew kind of fucking off. But in this episode, we really see Malia step it up and, like, create a poker night and, like, have the deck crew really interacting with the guests to kind of ease the load of the interior. Yeah. And they're tricky guests, too. But, like... It, they're all fucking nailing it. They are, and they are tricky guests. Like not even. They are, sorry, go, go I, I was going to say not the main guy. Like Justin is brilliant. He's super sweet. Like Hannah's taking care of his lovely dog, and I think that's all handled brilliantly. But his guest with like the diamond watch is a massive douche. He's an absolute fucking cockwomble, and the way that he bangs on about these oysters. Um, it, and you know what it is? It's really typical. It's not generally the person in this kind of situation. It's not the person with the money who can afford to do this that is the dickhead. It's the one that they've brought along with them that like is using it as an opportunity to just be Billy ficking, fucking big balls. Um, and like, I don't disagree with Hannah bringing out that preference sheet. Um, like you and I chatted about a little bit earlier, I do think she could have done it a little smarter she could have killed him with kindness and then whipped out the sheet 100%. She didn't need to be rude about it and then bring out the sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could have, like you say, just killed him with kindness, been really sweet and, and amenable, and then, you know, reveal his own stupidity to him, kind of, you know, bitch yeah. up him with it. But she didn't do that. But that's Hannah. You know, we love her, but she's not the smartest, you know, she's not the smartest when it comes to kind of 
interpersonal relations. Managing her own personal emotions in a professional setting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they are douchey and then they keep her up until five, like 6.30 in the morning. I'm too old for that shit. Oh, 100%. 100%. I I don't blame her for getting arsy. But even then, you do just have to suck it up and do it. And you just know that if Marley had been in that situation, she would have done it with a smile on her face. And Hannah just needs to go that extra mile. Um, But they mess, you know, they bring everybody back. They have a big party. And at the end of the day, you know, they seem to nail it and they seem happy-ish. Absolutely. Um, I also think that has a lot to do with having Bugsy on board as well, because she's nailing the table settings. She's like a championship table setter, (laughs) which is fabulous. Um, Who knew that was a thing? Who knew that was a thing? But I love having her in the mix, because I do really think she can really support Hannah, and I really hope that's the way this goes. She also fucking nails Pete when she calls him the crew mess creep. Like, It it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Like 30 seconds in, she's like, aha, I have the measure of you. Thank you very much and goodbye. Like, put him back in his place. And I think what I found interesting about the dynamic this week was since Sandy had had that chat and Malia had chatted to Rob and Alex and things, I think what we're starting to see is this freezing out a little bit of Pete. Um, And I don't know whether that's editing because we do know that they are editing him out on the basis of his... um, racist comments recently um but it's really it doesn't feel like it's editing it feels like actually people are just seeing him for what he is just don't really like it and are just kind of compartmentalizing him a little bit and I love that absolutely I think this is the best kind of best case scenario because you have two other you have Alex and Rob who are not misogynistic tools so they're just like we're not having any part of that you yeah. can just be a tool on your own. And I think that's where we're really going to see him just be frozen out and nobody really care. And it's getting to him. You can see him start to whine and he's starting to get like sensitive, really sensitive. Super sensitive. I mean, it's, it's kind of awkward to watch, but <laughs> Marley is doing a great job. She's, she's basically giving him the rope to hang himself with and he's doing it at every turn and the way that he's super sarcastic on the on the radio and then does this oh I was just being serious like it was an important rope um and she's like it was not lost on me and I fucking nailed I got you dude I got you um I I think she's handling him brilliantly and I think he's just I, I would be surprised if he lasts the season I totally agree. I mean, with his comments about like them biting his head off, like he's trying to make himself the victim and nobody's having it. And so I think we're just going to see a baby. Yeah. I think we're going to see a steady decline. I love that she fucking called him out for that sarcasm thing rather than just let it go because I think like she's had enough of him. So now we're going to just see her start because it's, I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about how we really want to see her just shut it down immediately. And that's, that's where she's at with him and it's gorgeous to watch. It is. It's 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 beautiful to watch this like tiny pocket rocket of a woman kind of just use her power for good. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's what we've always wanted to see. And comparison to last season of Below Deck, this is joyful. It's joyful to watch. It's a hundred percent joyful. Like I think Riley could take some hardcore lessons from Malia on at, like how she handles the dudes and maybe how to handle dudes on the deck of a boat and you know, maybe we'll see some changes in future seasons of Below Decks with that kind of dynamic. I mean, that being said, I do think it's easier for Malia as bosun to manage 
that behavior as their superior, that they can't argue with that. Nailed um, it. <clears throat> whereas Riley was always third deckhand, bless her cotton socks. So she was always like right at the bottom of the totem pole, just like scrappy and trying to fight her way out of it. Uh, but I do think you're right. I think she could definitely learn some lessons. And I think it's if you're a woman working in this industry, sad as it is, you got to learn how to fucking manage that shit because it's there and it's happening. And to just get annoyed that it's there is is childish it's there go in knowing that it's there and figure out how to fucking make it work to your advantage absolutely well and i think also riley didn't have any other like sympathetic deckhands they were all douchey misogynists so i mean to be fair she to was play like the numbers living, <laughs> she was living in the 1950s yeah. version of yachting <laughs> like let's be honest about that she really the odds were really stacked against yeah. her um I think I would have like lost my shit as well, but, oh, God, but no, yes. Malia cannot praise her highly enough. I'm just, even if I had to think of anything, I couldn't think of anything to criticize her for right now. No, like she nailed it. I'm, I'm excited to keep watching her nail it and kick everyone's ass. So well done. She's a babe. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine whatever you choose. Shall we move on? Yes, to MDLLA. LLLLA. Sorry. Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. So we have Altman, Flag, and James and David in this episode, but no Tracy. Yeah, no Tracy, which I was really bummed out about because I was we were so on fire about her last episode, so... But you know, she followed us on Instagram. I did. I saw that. It made me so happy. Listen, if you think there's anything cool about either of us, I want you to know (laughs) it's absolutely not true. Anytime anybody follows us on Instagram or just like reposts one of our stories, like we screenshot it, we do a happy dance, we go, we tell our husbands who literally don't give a shit and then we WhatsApp it to each other with lots of like whoop whoop and celebration emojis and and that's how we deal with with that. So that's exciting. Not only do our husbands not care about Instagram, Instagram, like they don't even care to like, oh, that's great. Like I I can see how that would be good for you. Like my husband's not even on Instagram. He doesn't understand it. Like he could not give two fucks. I have to, do you know, I do have to say when, cause we've been talking a little bit to MJ from Shars of Sunset yeah. and we're working on something and it's a bit of a slow burn, but it may, we may get something from MJ on Shars Hopefully. of Sunset. And, and I did t- say that to Jimmy and, and he did actually go, God, that would be amazing. And I was like, oh, okay, great. But then I, you know, signed up to TikTok and now I terrorize him with that. And he <laughs> fucking hates me all over again. It looks like he is hating life in those videos. I'm like, oh, hates Jimmy. Hates it. Hates it. Hates it. Hates everything about it. But the, but the problem is, is that the more he hates it, the funnier it is. So yeah, I was like, the only way for you to really stop me do this is to actually just get on board because then it'll be boring. But the fact that you hate it is just genius. <laughs> My poor husband. Um, so back to Million Dollar Listing yes. LA. No Tracy Tutor this week, but we did have Altman, Josh Altman, selling the Howard Hughes house. 
And I, I love the owners of this house because at first when the guy was like, I really want to play like at the open house, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> but it was brilliant. It was fantastic. It was so good. Well, and I think Josh Altman said it. He said, the thing is, you never, a, you don't really ever want the owner of the house right. there because you want to be able to talk honestly about the house. But what that did is even if it wasn't, your kind of music, it showed you what a great party house it was, that you could oh. have a fucking band on the roof terrace. Um, and then, and this is when Josh Altman is at his best, right? So he then gets on the mic and he's playing the guitar and that is how he sells houses. And Absolutely. yes, it's flashy and it's a bit obnoxious, but there is something quite endearing about it. And it obviously works. It's him, right? Yeah, I think that can... You can only sell things that way if that's who you authentically are. Like, David yeah. and James could not do that. It wouldn't come off well. Maybe Flag could do a little bit of it because he's definitely a showman as well. And I think that's where the jo- what the Joshes have in common. Like, they're just naturally yeah. show people and they love to do that. And they're, you know, they can take the piss out of themselves and it's okay. Yeah. And I think that's what makes them likable as well. Because I think if Josh Altman didn't have that, you would not fucking like him at all. No, no, he'd be an absolute grade A prick. But there is something endearing about him. That I mean, anybody who can laugh at themselves is always charming. And he does have a charm. Um, But this house, just to go to the house porn element of this. Absolutely. I see, obviously LA... It's really weird for a UK person seeing kind of construction in America. But A, because it all goes up so quickly because there's you don't build... We build houses using bricks. Like, that's how we build houses. But that's not necessarily how it happens in the States. So they fly up really quickly. And in LA, there doesn't seem to be, apart from in these kind of preservation areas, there's no rules about what you... You can just build whatever the fuck you want. Whereas here, you always have to get permission to build anything at all and it ha- and it's likely to i mean they're really notoriously difficult even if you're not in a particularly protected zone so you see all these amazing houses go up in LA like completely different architecture but this house was like the one house i've seen on this show that just had so much soul and character it's my favorite house i've seen on the show Totally. I'm I'm a massive sucker for mid-century modern houses. I love all the houses that were kind of built in that time frame. Um, I love this house as well. We do build in bricks. I think what I think the difference between the US and the UK is generally just landmass. Like we have the yeah. land to yeah, build. Of course you're right. So Especially if you talk about London. Like London is so built up, you you can't really just build anything. Like it does kind of because more often than not, you're building right next to two different people, right? Um, We're here, you can just build, and sometimes you don't even see people for ages. Different areas have, like, I mean, New York is probably very similar to London. I think Boston's very similar. But the further west you go, the more space you have. So I think that's the reason for that. You do have to, like, there is always, like, planning structures. Like, you have to have plans approved and things like that. But I think it's an easier process, at least based on what I see on Grand Designs versus America. (laughs) Well, I think also what I loved about this house is that they didn't go in and just rip shit out. Yeah. Like they really, they obviously modernized it and made it beautiful, but they kept so much of the original features, which is something you don't see. And when we see later in the show, uh, James and David trying to sell the Pasadena house, which by the way, I also fucking loved. Yeah. Um, You just had people walking through it go, we're just going to rip it all out. And you just think, oh God, there's so much in there that you could save and the character would be beautiful, but 
you know, it's going to get ripped out. But that's why I left this house that Altman was trying to sell. And I was like, out of everything, that's the house I'd buy if I had a spare 10.95 million. Absolutely. It was like a sympathetic remodel, right? Like it kept really great things, but also made it more usable for like a modern family, which I think you could do with that Pasadena house. I don't think you need to rip everything out of it. I mean, you definitely need a newer kitchen. Like that kitchen was fucking awful. Oh, 100%. But yeah, I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to gut it, which is what I think a lot of people were doing. But um, yeah, I would agree with you. This this has been my favorite house to date. Um, and the sunken living room. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. That I one agent was that fabulous. was like, there have been key parties here was yeah. totally on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he's absolutely right. Why wouldn't you though? If I had a sunken, maybe I'd be, maybe I'd start swinging. Yeah, maybe that's what we all need—just su- more sunken yeah. living rooms for more sex. A touch of a touch of the swinging. Um, the other uh, love of my life uh, when it comes to reality TV is Josh Flagg, and of course, here we see him with um, a brand new client. Who, by the way, when she calls his office, I fucking love some of the things that she said had me howling she's amazing and I think they're a great duo and I definitely think that's why Josh wanted to take her on I love that we saw kind of a switch and saw him taking her to see homes because we don't see that a lot on the show and I really like to see kind of his process and his banter and them kind of talking shit about crappy houses um I'm I'm here for more of that I love the way she's like listen I'm not a diligent dog owner and and we need to move where there's less coyotes, so because dog munching is no bueno. <laughs> He's like, right. And you just knew, even Josh Fogg was like, I think we're going to get along fine. Well, this yeah, because doesn't he did... bring up, like, couldn't you sell one of your kids and, yeah. like, up your budget? <laughs> yeah. See, this is why Josh Flagg would be my real estate Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I do, like, I fully agree. I love, and I wish we saw more of them having clients and showing houses rather than selling houses because I really enjoy watching them interact. And Josh Flagg and Heather, the banter between them is excellent. It was gold. It was gold. I loved it. It, re- it really was. And I, and I think this is what Josh Flagg's really good at. But it was really interesting to see. I can't wait to see what house she actually ends up buying. Um, and then, finally, we have James and David, uh, on the the on the Pasadena house. Yes, the Pasadena house, which they won over Tracy. And I will have to say, they would not have, I truly believe they would not have gone through, you know, getting renderings and all this other stuff to really sell this house had Tracy not been on the forefront of their minds. Of course they did. If if Tracy hadn't said what she said and they hadn't heard the feedback that the seller gave them from what she said. There's no way he would have given it the attention, but he wanted to prove her wrong. And, you know, she lit a fire up his ass and he went off and did a great job, but he wouldn't have done it if she hadn't have said anything. Everything she said in that meeting was absolutely true. And the only reason he went even half into this house as he did is because she she shamed him, essentially. She shamed him into it. Oh, God, yes. I mean, that's all they talked about was like, maybe we should call her and tell her how well we did. And it's just like... Shouldn't your client be like your main focus? That that client owes Tracy Tudor some money for really getting their stuff handled. And also, smug is not a good look, especially when no. we know why you're doing what you're doing. We know that you've sold this house and it's a good sell, but but you sold it because you were, you know, you were fueled by Tracy. Um, Absolutely. And also, why are why on earth did he even bother bitching and moaning to Tracy the week before if he'd won the house and got it anyway? Like, 
Just don't be a dick. No, I totally agree. And I was asking myself the exact same question. If you won the house, what the fuck does any of this matter? None of it mattered. And also, why didn't Tracy get that house? Like, let's look at that. Why didn't the man selling the house not give Tracy that when she turned up, she did the gig, she she did the work, and he still gave it to the guy who didn't turn up? I mean, part of me is like, I just feel like she was onto a loser right from the start. Absolutely. I'm kind of glad she didn't have to go through selling that house. Me neither. I mean, it's 1.75 million house. She doesn't need it. She's about to sell her own for like 24 million. She's good. No, and I and it was also, I think, didn't they say it was like an estate sale? So it was just a family trying to get rid of a house because they had inherited it and nobody wanted it. So, you know, maybe it all worked out for the best. Um. So yeah, they do sell it in the end. I mean... Great for you. Well done. That's all <laughs> nice. Glad to know that James and David sold another house. Um, let's see what happens. I want more Tracy next week, though, please. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Make uh, a note, brother. And then finally, yeah. And then finally, we get New York is back. New York, New is, York back. is back. And it's Halloween. <laughs> it is Halloween. Well, just a quick question. Somebody brought this up on Instagram, and I'm really interested to hear what you think because. Um, We've seen a lot of firings from Bravo in light of Black Lives Matter and the racist actions of some of their cast members. And they do seem to have had a fairly zero tolerant approach to it. But somebody did bring up the fact that, of course, not so long ago, Luann basically blacked up yeah. for a fancy dress. And they were like, I just don't think it's right. She should be gone. If we're doing zero tolerance, then that needs to count too. And I have to say, I don't disagree. No, I don't disagree either. I think if you you look at kind of what she did, and because I think she dressed as Diana Ross, didn't she? Like yeah. again, you can do that without blacking up. Yeah, very or, questionable. Do you know what? You can choose um, any other. It was the seventy. I think the theme was the seventies, wasn't it? I mean, you, she could have chosen any other. Yeah. Dress up character, like she could have chosen anything else to dress up as. Um, I think it was really poor taste. I think it was. Uh, I think it, it. I think it is something that should be addressed and yeah. looked at by Bravo. Uh, so whoever it was, I forget. Forgive me. I forget uh, the username or the name. But you're right. You brought up a great point, and I just thought I'd raise it. Uh, but this week again is Halloween, and they're all dressing up. And it's not Ramona's week this week, is it? No, it's not. I think Ramona has finally pissed everybody off in the group, <laughs> along with some hanger-ons and some friends. And, uh, There's literally nobody that isn't pissed with her right now. No, and and I think for kind of good reasons. I mean, I think the 100%. overall reason is really good. She's not a good friend. No. She uses she only different cares friends. About herself. Absolutely. She uses different friends for where she is in her life, which is not a friendship. Like, she's got one friend, she's got Elise, who she goes to if she's down. If she's failing up, then she goes to all these other women that can help her get further up. Like... I've always found Ramona to be kind of like a social climber, not a very genuine person. If you serve no use to Ramona, then she will not be friends with you. And I, we all know people like that in real life. And here's the thing with those people. It doesn't mean you can't have a really good time with them because people have a good time with Ramona. She can be a good time. Yeah. But you have to know what you're dealing with. And you can't invest too much in that relationship. And I think Elise has invested too much in that relationship. Yes. I worry that Leah is investing too much in that relationship. Because at the end of the day, Ramona, the only person Ramona cares about is Ramona. And like Elise says, she's not dripping in money. I mean, she's probably got enough. But she's not like, 
a massive socialite that can, yeah. you know, get Ramona onto yachts or into big fancy parties. But Ramona needed her when she was really, really upset and down and struggling. But now that she's through that, then Elise has kind of been kicked to the curb. So I'm with Elise on this. I think, you know, we can see Ramona for what she is. And I just, it makes me sad to see somebody hurt in the wake of it all. Yeah. What what honestly makes me upset about Elise is that, like, later on in the dinner, like, after Dorinda gives the speech that we'll talk about, Elise then goes out back over to Ramona and is like, oh, like, I hope you're okay. Like, you know, I've tried to talk to you. Like, kowtows to her. And Ramona is a huge bitch to her. Like, I just can't deal with this right now. I have too much on my plate. Well, and I was like, is this Elise being the bigger person? Because I have to say, no matter yeah. how badly Ramona's behaved, and Ramona has behaved despicably, and I fully appreciate why everybody's pissed off right. at her. I think what Dorinda does at that party that stands up and and says that and publicly humiliates her, I think is absolutely wrong. And Luann's right. Like, at that point, even I'm feeling a little bit of sympathy for, for Ramona. Right. I know what's driven Dorinda there. I understand that. But... I wondered if that was Elise being the bigger person, just coming over going, listen, whatever's happened, that wasn't okay. And I can imagine that made you feel shit. Even at that point, Ramona can't like throw her a friendly bone. No, no. Still has to be a cunt. Yeah. I, I, I wish Elise hadn't done that. I felt like it kind of watered her message down a little bit. Yeah. I understand why she did it. And I totally agree with because you. Because she's a nice person. That's she is a she nice person. It. I think she's genuinely a nice person. Absolutely. Um, I still think Ramona was wrong to not even like throw her a friend bone, as you said. Like, I know. It was not really even a, gross like, thanks to watch. For checking on me. Yeah, Nothing. or just like I, you know, whatever. She just handled it all wrong. I totally agree with you about like the Dorinda speech. I understand why Dorinda was pissed off. If I brought a problem to a friend and they just looked at me and were like, "Well, are you drunk?" I would be fucking livid. Yeah. However, I would also not stand up at the table and then like make a speech about it and bring everybody else into the crazy. But it's fucking gaslighting, you know, it this is. whole like, oh, you've been drinking, like this complete undermining of your, of, of the validity of what you're trying yeah. to say because you've had a drink. Like, let's be clear, bitch. Sometimes when I've had a drink, I am for the first time saying what I really truly feel. Like, yeah. Don't tell me that the drink is fueling this kind of mythological narrative. It's, it's a very true and real narrative. But even that aside, it doesn't matter whether she's been drinking. What Dorinda was saying was true, but Ramona didn't like it. Um, and then as Ramona moves off to talk to somebody else and realizes Sonia's also pissed with her, she starts to do this kind of um, like crisis fighting thing where she goes to Dorinda and she's like, oh, well, you and Sonia are my favorites. It's like, yeah, are you fucking joking? Like, this is not an episode of Mean Girls. No, it was really gross. I also didn't like how when Sonia was kind of trying to talk to Ramona, she tried to, Ramona tried to get Leah in on the mix and be like, oh, Leah, like she called you weird. I think Leah handled that like a fucking boss and was just like, I love like, and just kind of blew it off and like made friends with Sonia and like they were cool rather than start like another fight. But I, I see you, Ramona. I see what you tried to do there. Yeah, she's trying to puppet, like pull the puppet strings on this whole friendship group to make it work yeah. for her. And, you know, it's just not, it just gets tiresome. That all being said, I still fucking think she has every right to have her own fucking birthday party without having to share it with Dorinda or Sonia or whoever she wants to share it with. This is the dumbest fight storyline <laughs> ever. Everybody can have their it. own birthdays. It's not a problem. It's not a big deal. Just because you don't like birthdays doesn't mean everybody else has to hate birthdays, Dorinda Medley. And it's her 60th, right? 
Yeah, she can Isn't do what it? the fuck she likes. Have a big fucking party. Come out wherever you want to come out. Ha- have 60 friends. Have 160 friends. I don't give a shit. It's your party. Yeah. I don't know why they're getting their panties in a pinch because she won't let them share her birthday party. Yeah. And then part of me was like, are they just upset because they felt a little used at the venue well, thing that was wrong. for the that free was wrong. PR? I agree with you. That was wrong. And I do think, like, Duran has a point, like, you're not paying for that whole party. No, she's not paying However, that doesn't matter. It can still be her own damn birthday party, regardless of the money involved. It's her birthday. She wants to have a birthday party. That's 100% fucking fine. But I'd be pissed if if I'd been used, like, to come out, to get onto their social media so that she got her party for free. Like, I understand why that's annoying. Like, I understand that really well, why that's annoying. Um, But she is very much allowed to have her own birthday party. So... I sort of am with Ramona on that, but then she fucking lost me for the rest of the show. I'm like, nah, I got nothing. I literally got nothing. You make it so hard for me to defend you and your fucking birthday party right now. Right now, you don't deserve a birthday party. Any kind of birthday party. Absolutely. And then once she left, everybody had a great time. Everybody started dancing and having a great time. Like, the minute Ramona left, like, the tension left the table. I know. She needs to just have a word with herself. Um, We saw Leah and Rob here, and Leah introduces Rob to the team. And I have to say... I I love this guy. Yeah, he seems great. And I I I mean I don't I know we they know why they're not together, but I I sort of want more info about why they're not together. Yeah, I mean part of it wonders if it is like her wanting to drink and he he agrees with the mother that she shouldn't because like you could see a little bit like when she started like attacking the crustacean station. Um, <laughs> he was not having that. Put the crustaceans down. <laughs> but I think that's good. Like, I think that's good. I think they have a relationship where he can speak to her like that. Yeah. And I think she listens, but, but you say that, but of course she's own she's been sober for nine years. So it's only recently she started. Yeah, that's true. Again. So why are they not like, I don't know. Obviously they have Who their knows? reasons. They don't have to explain to me, but seeing as they're on a reality TV show, it would be really useful if they did. Absolutely. To me. No, I think they're super um, cute together. I think they're cute around their daughter. I really enjoy their banter together and it, it's real and it's honest and that's refreshing. Yeah. And I think that dinner with their daughter was, was really interesting. Cause I think, what what Leah's still really struggling to do is she has a lot of anger towards her mum. Fine, I'm sure that that's valid. But I think she's still very much struggling to own the shit she did to her mum too. I think right. it's very much she's still, you know, she was hot on me. I was the victim in this relationship. And I think if we were to dig a little bit deeper, we'd find that actually her mum went through some pretty fucking shit times as well because of Leah. So... I'm interested to see how we develop that. And in fact, on Instagram, I noticed that Leah had a, a a chip for sobriety. So it looks like she is back on the wagon and in meetings. Yeah. So maybe this is all part, maybe she is on a path to kind of healing and maybe her mum's relationship might be part of that. Let's hope so. Like, I never want to see people with fraught relationships. No, me neither. I live one with my own daughter. So I, you know, <laughs> I don't need that. Um. And we have a surprise little cameo in yeah. this one. Yeah, little Miss Jill Zarin shows up to the party, which um, with her new fiance, which I thought was really interesting because kind of the, I feel like the last time we saw her on the show was probably right after Bobby's death. I think they did like yeah, a yeah. I think we sh- saw Bethany yeah. go to the funeral, and we did see a, a cameo in that as well. Right, 
But I think that was the last time. So it's nice to kind of see her uh, maybe a little bit back and having a good time and a little shocked at like what she's walking into. <laughs> well, I always loved Jill Zarin. Like, and it was always kind of a real sadness that her and Bethany, because they'd had such a gorgeous relationship, yeah. this really maternal relationship. And I think Jill really was the mum that Bethany never really had. And it always made me sad that they had fallen out. And for the life of me, I can't really remember how that, how or why that happened. But um but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see her back. I always liked Jill. She was feisty and scrappy and fun and proper New York. And I, yeah. I hope we see more of her. Me too. And I wonder if we will, hopefully, now that there's like, you know, only a few housewives since Tinsley left. Maybe they'll <laughs> add some more friends. Let's see. Um, but that's us, three shows. But actually, it'll be four shows next week because we will have Beverly Hills back next Beverly week. Beverly Hills is back. And I'm hoping it's like hot and spicy, which I think it will be. I think we're going to start getting into the rumors surrounding Denise and Brandy and well, all I think that we're on episode stuff. nine, aren't we? I Coming think so. Back in. I think so. And we know that it all really starts to kick off on ten. So I think we're going to get like a little bit more of the fireworks. Um, but you'll have to wait until next week for us to be chatting all about That's right. that. For now, though. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for tuning in every single week. And please, please remember, we fucking forgot to talk about it at the beginning again. Oh, Rate and review. Please (laughs) rate and review. It makes such a difference. I can't even tell you how much of a difference it makes. And I'm not beyond, I've got no dignity. I'm leaving my dignity at the door. Just if you're listening and you haven't rated and reviewed, then do it. And then if you've got friends, like just send them the link and just reassure them that it's great and get them to rate and review as well. We would be very, very grateful. Uh, But in the meantime, we hope that you have a fabulous week watching your reality TV. Um, And remember... Smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.